Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sherlisten, the podcast taking a pop at culture. Sherlock, Sherlisten. Sherlock, Sherlisten. Sherlock, Sherlisten. Sherlock, Sherlisten. Sherlock. Sherlisten. Sherlock, Sherlisten. Sherlock, Sherlisten. Ah, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the second ever Sure Look, Sure Listen Tuesdays. That's what we're calling it now. We're calling it the Sure Look, Sure Listen Tuesdays. Schlitte, as it's also known. But Sure Look, Benjamin, we don't have time for any sort of acronyms or initializations because we have to look at lots of things this week, including the Scream trailer. I bet you wish that Jenna Ortega was in your thing now that she's super famous. Also... Dungeons and Dragons, Ben, are we going to boycott it or are we going to man-cut it? Also, we've seen the Ant-Man trailer, which is shrinking as we speak into insignificance, and a trailer for the new Power Rangers project, Benjamin. Power Rangers, look how old they are. Also, Ben, also, we've seen a trailer for Mando Season 3, which I thought we'd already seen, and the two of us... You and I, Benjamin, have both seen all of Vox Machina Season 2 and all of what's currently been released of The Last of Us Season 1. Sure, listen, Michael. If that wasn't enough, and it actually is, that's that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of stuff. But if that wasn't enough, Michael... We're also going to be taking a look at The Last of Us, as you just said, Michael. The terrifying science behind mushrooms and how they're coming to get us. Mushrooms are coming to get us. Benjamin, apropos yeah. of nothing, are you recording on your Tula mic as we speak? We forgot to check that. I, I am, yeah. Oh, very good. Benjamin, <laughs> have you seen the trailer for Scream 6 or 7? Michael, 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 Scream is back. It's Old back. ghost it face. Left. It never left, Benjamin. But this time, it stars Jenna Ortega, who's now super famous. Super famous, Michael. Her off the Wednesdays. She's off Wednesday, Ben. She's off TikTok. She's doing a floppy arm dance. It's a whole thing. Lady Gaga duetted it. And now, Benjamin, she seems to be the main character in Scream 6, which she probably isn't. Uh, no, Michael, but that trailer, that trailer sure is going to make you think she is, though. <laughs> that seems to be the point. Yeah, yeah. Look at this side character who's actually ridiculously famous now. Get her in there front and centre. She's so famous now. Put every shot that she's in in the trailer. Every last one. Yes, she dies in the first ten minutes, but what of it? What of it? I wouldn't be shocked, Benjamin. I was just about to say, is this going to be one of those situations where you have a character in your movie and they become inexplicably famous after you've shot it, but before you release it? And therefore, you have to hide the fact that they're only in it for 15 minutes. I think that is 100% what has happened, Michael. And now the studio is breathing down their necks with a large knife and a ghost face mask going, you get her in every single clip of that trailer. Get her in every clip. Benjamin, they seem to be teasing us that Ghostface has gone supernatural. Michael, what is that shite? Get out of... Don't you Michael Myers our Ghostface? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, don't you give him supernatural powers. He's usually just some sort of incel. It's. I think Ghostface might be one of the original incels. <laughs> one of the first incels, Ben. 
I I think he might be, Michael. Was that not the premise of Scream 1 where he was just a shifty little boy who couldn't get any? That's why he's got the big long mouth, Bill. It's to hide his neck beard. It's to hide his neck beard, Michael, and it's all the outrage he has at women being cast in popular franchises. He's just like, oh! But women have always been You can't been see that visual films. joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were doing a ghost face. I get it now. <laughs> You were doing a go. I thought that was just your normal surprised face. It's, it's my incel face, Michael. Oh, very good. Yeah, your normal <laughs> Because I'm an incel. Face. Yes, very good. Benjamin, look. Yeah. Horror films have always been about hot young women being killed for some reason. Final girls, Michael. That's what they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're the ones who don't get killed specifically. But there's lots of famous people in this who are now more famous than the lead actress. I think she is now the least famous person in it. Is, so, who who we got, Michael, there? There's this Courtney Cox. There's Courtney Cox. She's in it, inexplicably. She's in it. She, she might not even remember being in the first ones, but she's in this one. There's a, there's a, the lady from Yellow Jackets, Benjamin. She's in it. It looks like she gets oh, she's stabbed on a train. Oh, she's awful popular at the moment. She's very she's popular She's awful popular. And it looks like she's going to get stabbed on a train, even though she's definitely more famous than the lead actress. Almost definitely, Michael. It looks like, Michael, now to me, and I could be wrong here, it looks like Courtney Cox doesn't fare too well. Well, it is tradition around six or seven of your horror franchise to kill off one of your main characters from the olden days. One of your trads? One of your traditional characters. Really tell the people, things are in for a shake-up around here. This this isn't your drunken aunt's bloody ghost face. Whoa! No, this is a supernatural Michael Myers esque ghost face. Ah, uh, Michael, I don't. I look. Uh, it's kind it? of boring making him supernatural, isn't it? Like, is, is that not a bit boring? I don't think he's going to be supernatural, Ben. I think it's going to be a twist. Uh, Do you think it's a bunch of incels? Isn't it always? Isn't that almost always the, the joke? <laughs> and a hologram, a bunch of incels and a hologram. It's a hologram. It's a hologram of Tupac Shakur, Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of magical resuscitations of past icons, we really must well discuss if we're going to be boycotting Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Now, Benjamin, you and I are quite new to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Brand spanking, Michael. Brand spanking. Like two fresh swaddled babes. But we have recently been informed that it is our duty, Benjamin, nay, our honour bound requirement that we boycott Dungeons and Dragons Honour Among Thieves for some reason. You explain it to us in the vaguest possible terms. In in the vaguest possible terms. That doesn't yeah, yeah. seem to you, align with I'll the, you, this. <laughs> I've given you an out, Ben, in case you don't know what's going on. No, Michael. So the the lads over there at the D&D, right? The lads over yeah, there the at the D&D, they recently... The Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. or Watch. Yeah, W-O-T-C. Yeah. Yep. They recently announced that they were going to be making changes to something called the OGL license. No one knows what now, that the, is. The, o, the OGL license is the Open Gaming License. Oh, the Open Gaming License license. <laughs> Yes, the Hopi Gaming License. (laughs) And that agreement, Michael. Yes. That agreement was pretty much a a, a gentleman's agreement, but in legal terms. So just a regular agreement, Michael. Yeah, yeah. That 
players could go and set their own homebrews, Michael. Now, homebrews are when people... We, we know what that is, Michael. You and I know what that is. Yeah, we're, we're swaddling babes. Yeah, and we're good pals with, with legendary D&D player, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. I've met him, yeah. And he's mad for a homebrew, is our Stephen. But it's where, Nonstop. basically, players are able to run their own kind of games and worlds within the rules and core kind of stipulations of D&D. So you could have your campaign set in mythic Ireland, but you could use D&D 5e rules to, to work off that. And Michael, if you wanted to record that for, let's say, a Let's Play. Let's Play, we could be on Twitch. That'd be grand. But sadly, Michael, a couple of years ago there, the big old boys at Hasbro got their hands on Watcha. Oh, yeah. And, and they said, oh, gosh darn it, there looks like there's probably a lot of money in those Let's Plays that's going on there. You've got things like a critical role. Yeah, we're not getting any of it. We're not getting any of that. We've got things like a Dimension 20 from the lads over there at College Human. Not one ping in Rua are we seeing from that. Carwill Marua, they'd say, Ben. <laughs> as they say in Ireland. And what happened was, Michael, uh, to paraphrase the, the head of um, the Dungeons and Dragons branch of Hasbro, who was brought in, uh, she said, we would like to see some of the dividends being taken from microtransactions in the video gaming sphere, and we'd like to bring that into D&D. <laughs> Everybody loves that, Ben. Everybody loves microtransactions. <laughs> if there's one thing that's really solidified gaming, Michael, it's microtransactions. It brings everybody together. <laughs> brings Just... everyone together. Especially <laughs> children using their mother's credit cards. So, Michael, they wanted to change the OGL. Oh, yeah. And fuck me, Michael. The response from players has been a resounding fuck you and the don't bloody you, bear you rode in on, you prick. Don't you even <laughs> think about changing the OGL. Don't the you OGL, change the OGL. Oh, don't even think about changing the OGL. So in one of the least slick marketing moves of all time, Michael, they only went and fucked themselves. And basically, the entire tight-knit community of D&D, who would have thought, Michael, that a group of people that genuinely believe in the bonds of friendship, party and honour <laughs> would oh, no. band together and say, fuck this. <laughs> so unfortunately, a movie that everyone was kind of excited for um, has now found itself at the wrath of nerds. And not oh, the no. usual incel ones. It's just regular nerds. Common regarding nerds, Benjamin. Which is interesting because I'll tell you what, this trailer has made no impact on my desire to see or not see this film in any way. Really? Not in the slightest. There's nothing new. Oh. Nothing, there's nothing new to it. What, what did this trailer tell us to be excited about that we didn't already know? Chris Pine's a bit more charming than he was in the last one. Chris Pine's doing a bit of tomfoolery. Michelle Rodriguez is... I don't think she's even acting anymore. I think she's just Michelle Rodriguezing about the place. She's only ever been Michelle Rodriguezing about the place, I think. I've long suspected that Michelle Rodriguez would hit you with a brick as soon as look at you, and now we know. And now we know, Michael, it's a fact. Michael, it's only gone and been a bloody heist movie. I mean, technically all D&D games are heist movies. But, you know... This one is really leaning into the, we got to get a team together. You son of a bitch. I'm Elbert. I mean, I'm in. Um, I'm in. It's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's very, 
I'm still excited to see it, Ben. I don't really care about boycotting it. It's, it's not my scene. We got... Look, I, I think out of solidarity, Michael, we'll pirate it. How about that? Okay. And we'll still, <laughs> still get to see it, but we're not giving them any of the monies. Very good. That's exactly what I would have done to Charles Boycott and the Land League, Benjamin, if I'd have been around. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the period of the, of the Land League. Benjamin! Yeah. <laughs> did, did, uh, is Ant-Man going to be any use, or is it just going to be the same same shit that Marvel have been travelling at us for the last year and a half? Uh, Paul Rudd's going to die, I reckon. Looks like Paul Rudd's going to die, yeah? Not Paul Rudd, <laughs> no. <laughs> He's immortal. No, not... Not international treasure, Paul Rudd. No. Um, but every, everybody's favourite uncle, Paul Rudd. We won't be having that, thanks. But yeah, I, I reckon they're just going to off old Ant-Man. Get rid it's of Ant-Man and then have his daughter. Him or Michael Douglas. Oh. I think I think Janet Van... Yeah, I think Janet Van Dyne's probably going to die as well. Because oh. Evangeline Lilly's a bit of a weird... Bit of a weird hassle now. <laughs> That's Hope Van Dyne. Janet is Michelle Fiverr. Well, hopefully Janet takes over from her weird anti-vax daughter. <laughs> yeah. So. Poor old Evangeline Lilly seems to be a bit troublesome. Benjamin. Yeah. Do you remember the film Marvel's at The Avengers Endgame? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember in the start of that when they killed Thanos? Yeah, that and was then, good, wasn't it? And then they dropped that interstitial title on us and it said five years later and we all went <gasps> dun, dun, dun. do you remember that Ben that was uh, that was yeah, do, that yeah. five years that five years later Ben was 2023 and that's that's where we are now Michael that's where we are now that's where yeah, now so we can is stop all, <laughs> we can stop all these fucking shenanigans Michael and say that everything happened this year in the Marvel Universe stop confusing everything is people just caught back up the last five years of movies have to be catching back up with now yeah that's it that's all that was happening Benjamin, the whole time Ant-Man is out Ant-Man is out soon ridiculously soon Michael it's out in less than 20 days oh very soon well that's yeah. phase five for you, Benjamin. This is going to make or break phase five. Um, I was completely wrong there, Michael. Less than 30 days is what I meant to say. Thank you very yes. much. That's quite wrong. <laughs> it's quite wrong. Quite wrong, Michael. But uh, yeah, I look, I think we're going to go see it. I'm, I'm excited to see. Is it Jonathan Majors? Is that his name? Very muscular. I like Kang. I like I like Jonathan Majors. I think he's a real good actor. I think it's cool that he gets to play different versions of himself as a villain. I think that's he's probably going to be quite all, interesting. All sorts of different Kangs. He's going to be future Kang, past Kang, muscly Kang, more all muscly the Kang. Kang. All so the Kang, Kang together. Yeah. Form a Kang, um, Kang look, line. <laughs> I think we're probably going to go see it, Michael. I I don't know if I care that much, to be honest. Um... I tell you what I care about. I care about the fact that you stifled a laugh about my great Kang Kang line joke. <laughs> I held it how back. Very, I'm sorry. How very dare you stifle a laugh? I saw him, ladies sorry, and gentlemen. Michael. You didn't see it because it's not a visual medium, but I saw him making sure that he didn't <laughs> laugh at the Kang Kang line joke, which was one of the greatest jokes of our time. Benjamin, hop up up on your AI machine and get us a picture of lots of different cans doing Kangs doing a bloody... I'll do uh, it. Do it, Ben. And put Can in as well from the Wrath of Can. 
You can make <laughs> it a can-can line. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, Michael, you've, you've brought it back full circle with an extra nerdy twist. <clears throat> Very good. Benjamin. Good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of bringing things back with an extra nerdy twist, this year is yeah. the 30th anniversary of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Michael, that was a tasty, tasty lick of a transition. Well done. I think that might have been one of my best. Yeah, that was pretty fucking solid. Well played. Uh, yeah, okay. Michael, look, I'm I'm not a Power Rangers kid. I I don't okay. have the the connection that one might feel to people saying, oh my goodness, it's the 30th anniversary of the Power Rangers. Okay. I was a Power um, Rangers kid, Ben. I, I know, you were very into White Power when you were a kid. Sorry, White Power Rangers um, when you were a kid. I, yeah. Taking yeah. it down a notch, Benjamin. The White Power Ranger <laughs> as played by the now deceased Jason David Frank. Benjamin, I yes. think what is notable about this trailer for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it's time to go back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, is what is it? Is it going to be a retrospective or are they doing an episode? Is it? What is it? Uh, that was that was the question I was left with after watching the trailer that you put up in the Notion. Oh yeah, we have a Notion, ladies and gentlemen. In case you don't know, <laughs> so fucking organised. Notion, would you ever sponsor us, please? Sponsor <laughs> like, us, Notion. Give you... Come on, <laughs> come on, lads. Uh, but come here to me, Michael. I was left with that question watching the trailer. I was just like, what is this? Is it a documentary? Is it a is it a mini episode? Is it a mini episode with a documentary? Yeah, what's, is what's it going on? Be... Yeah, it's what is it? What's going on? What is this? I, I wonder to myself. That's all I found myself wondering. I was just like, who is this for? Why yeah. is this happening? Power Rangers fans. One of the most notable things about it, Benjamin, is it is as notable for who's not in it as who is in it. Well, go on then. Tell me more. Well, Jason David Frank is obviously not in it. Unfortunately because- passed away. Because he unfortunately passed away quite recently. And I would say more recently than this was filmed. Okay. Yeah. I. So, so. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I would say that he possibly wasn't part of it anyway. Yeah. He maybe didn't get it in the first place. Yeah. So he um, might not have been in it in the first place. Yeah. The, the other particularly notable absence is Amy Jo Johnson. Now, who is that, Michael? Amy Jo Johnson was Kimberly, the pink Power Ranger. Oh, yeah, the pink Power Ranger. I used to have her as a toy. I bet you you did, Benjamin. And she, Amy Jo Johnson, I think of what all does of that them mean? until... I, I bet you did. That's all I'm saying. She was your favourite. Get, get the fuck out of here. Amy Jo Johnson, Benjamin, I would say, of all of them, probably had the biggest career outside of Power Rangers. Well, tell me more about that, Michael. She was one of the first to leave. I I think she was in Felicity? Was she in Felicity? I I don't know. You'd have to look that up. She was in Felicity. I did look it up. Um... So she had man. A, she had kind of a nearly as kind of a successful career, which is very difficult, famously for Power Rangers actors, because of their non-screen actors guild status. Are so, they non-screen actors guild statusers? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's still true, but Power Rangers in the past used to hire non-union actors and directors specifically, and pay them why very pay them because they wanted to pay them very poorly. And there was all sorts of wranglings hmm. about 
you know, was it a real show? Because most of the footage was coming from Japan and they were kind of shooting pickups for it, essentially. Okay. Okay. And maybe Joe Johnson famously hates Power Rangers, Ben, and she's not having any of it. Now, maybe they'll do a surprise twist and she will come back for this. But uh, also, I thought obviously missing was, what's his name? Austin St. John? Austin Sinjin? The original Which Red Ranger. That? Where's like, he the gone? Red Ranger. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, Why is I he, thought he was alive. I think he is alive. So that it's, it's just a weird snubbed. combination. Did he get snubbed? Did he say no? Is he in jail? I don't you know, know Michael. They've all, had, they've all had weird lives, Benjamin. And of course, the original Yellow Ranger. What's her name? Toy Trang. She died in a car crash when she was quite young. Oh, God! So, oh. I mean, the, the, the original Power Rangers cast is quite tragic. Which is why, you know, it looks like there are only two of the six in yeah. this. Yeah. But then they David got. Then they got <laughs> but then they got other Power Rangers from other series to fill it out because they're like, those pesky Power Rangers, they keep dying. Fucking original keep, yeah. cast. But funnily enough, like David Yost, Benjamin Billy, the Blue Ranger, he famously hated Power Rangers because he was a, a closeted gay man. And apparently what? was just really badly bullied on set of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and hated it. So, the so what the, the fuck is he doing back? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This is more fascinating as what's going on than an episode of Power Rangers with old people. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess we're going to have to do a cultural watch-along, Michael. Oh, for sure. It's the only option. I'm utterly fascinated by this bit. Do you think it's going to be a bit of a car... Oh, I was going to say it's a bit of a car crash, but that feels like in poor taste after you Ooh. told me about the Yellow Power Ranger. <laughs> I think that might be it. And it genuinely wasn't a joke. I just feel bad now. Well, you're lucky that was 20 years ago, so I don't think people are too sensitive about it anymore. Benjamin. I don't know, Michael. Some Power Rangers lads, <clears throat> Mick Leonard, get very sensitive. <laughs> very sensitive about Power Rangers-related topics. Ben, very. tell you what, though, yeah. that's pretty exciting. Did you remove Invincible from the running order? Uh, no, it I didn't like actually. You did. um, I don't know where it's gone. He's just deleted it. Anyway, Ben, there's a trailer for Invincible Season 2 that's coming out. And it's very meta. It's coming out late 2023. It turns out that it's just Stephen Yun as Invincible chatting to Alan the Alien, Seth Rogen. And pretty much the implication is that Invincible writes, animates, directs all of his own stuff. Benjamin, it's meta. It's a meta Very joke meta. for you. Very me- meta. So meta, Michael. Um, but we didn't get much out of it, Michael. It, it didn't get much out of it other than the fact that it's coming out late 2023. I'll tell you something else I didn't get much out of. What? The trailer for Mando Season 3. Do you know why that is, Michael? Because uh, Did I forget to watch it? No, because we've already seen <laughs> Mando Season 3. It was stuck in the middle of a terrible season called Boba Fett. Yeah, it was Episode 4 and 5 of Boba Fett was Mando Season 3 for some reason. Yeah, because they realised halfway through, it was like, oh, this guy can't carry a fucking season on his own. Boba Fett's not as cool when you make him talk and give him a fucking backstory. <laughs> yeah, a backstory on a sidekick and a, a gang of uh, delinquents on future space mopeds. Stolen directly from Samurai Jack. <laughs> it's just. Oh, no, they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they were. They were. 
wholesale nicked from Samurai Jack. But anyway, Michael, we got a trailer for Mando Season 3. I thought we'd already seen this, Michael. It turns out those were two special episodes in the middle of another person's show. And it looks mm. to have the same plot. Um as as that Mandalorian has to atone for his transgressions, his transgressions being taking off his helmet once. Oh yeah, you said that like a member of the Amish community once, Benjamin. I tell you, um, it is yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I I I really liked Mando season one and two, but I think nothing has sapped my enthusiasm for this more than Boba Fett season one, and major, major happenings in the Mandalorian storyline happening in the middle of another show. What inexcusable fuck? It's it it really is, Michael. It is. It slowed us down, Michael. It's the custard to our race car. By which I mean we're slipping all over the place and we've been we've been forced out of the race by the shenanigans of Dastardly and Muttley. It's terrible. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I, I didn't know where I was going with it either. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. classic, Michael. Shakespeare came up with it, I think. But I think it was Shakespeare who said, Look at not <laughs> upon thine custard dispenser, dastardly, for yon race ending is approaching hastily. That's the Bible. That was the Bible, yeah. Sorry, it was the Bible. It's not Shakespeare, it's the Bible. That's uh, from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. That's and then there. spill it uh, upon the ground, young <laughs> custard. <laughs> Lest thine enemies slip and slide and lose the race. <laughs> anyway, speaking of losing the race, uh, I think we might have just crashed and burned. But come here to me, Michael. This is, is this is him. He's getting the Mandalorians back together. He's he's gonna yeah. he's gonna get the band back together. <laughs> yeah. And they're all going to be kind of vaguely similar lads in helmets. They're all going to be real serious fuckers going, this is the way, this is the way, this, this is, is the way. It's like, <laughs> it's like I am Spartacus, but significantly less charismatic. <laughs> mm. But there's Pedro Pascal under there, Ben, so quite charismatic. Pedro Pascal, yes. Pedro um, Pascal. Benjamin, I don't have much yes. to say about The Mandalorian Season 3, do you? I don't know if there's anything else to say about it, Michael. It's going to be what we got the first two seasons. I'll probably watch it, Michael, just to see how it goes. But you were, you're absolutely right. They, they really took the wind out of their own sails by shoving it in. To the, we should have had an epic season where he had to get Baby, baby Yoda back. That, that, Did that, he get Baby there's Yoda your back? Season. He got oh Baby God. Yoda back, Michael. Baby Yoda's back. But that was the whole main like emotional plot to drive for the... Oh, why... Whoever did it, well, let's blame Kathleen Kennedy. I think that's the cool thing to do on the internet. I think we can start, I think Dave Filioni has probably come full circle now, so I think we can probably start blaming him. Oh, very good. Let's blame him then. Very yeah. excellent. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. 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 A couple of years ago, you said to me, Mick, you should watch The Legend of Vox Machina. And I yes. said to you, these are my exact words, Benjamin, I won't watch that. <laughs> I hate things being recommended to me There's no faster way to get me to not watch something Than to recommend it to me But then uh, I did Michael watch actually <laughs> yeah. Go what on What are you saying there? No, you go ahead Were you recommending something to me, Ben? You know how much I hate that <laughs> I was just going to say, Michael the <laughs> 
I was just going to say you come and beat the shit out of me after every episode. Because <laughs> I, I recommend ben. so much stuff. Don't say that to the people. They think this is an abusive relationship. And if anyone gets that impression, is. Ben, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Andrew. <laughs> anyway, season two is out and they've entered their video game phase. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They have a deed, Michael. Um, Fox Mac and Z. Michael, one of the... One of the the most visceral openings to a new season I've seen in a long time on a show. Incredible scenes when those dragons attach that, attack that town. Holy shit, Michael. Because we, we got a hint of that in the teaser trailers. We got we got a little mm-hmm. sense that, oh, dragons working together, bad news. No, 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 no. Dragons working together, fucking apocalypse town. Oh, like no more town. It was real bad. So, basically... It's such a... It's very in the nature of D&D, Michael, of which we are two fledgling boys. Two swaddled babes. But very much in the nature of D&D, where the party doesn't really get to rest on their laurels. It's just right into the next campaign. Quite literally, in this case. Yeah. And that these dragons are fucking horrific, Michael. They seem like bad blokes, to be honest. Because everyone was just chilling out going, oh, we won that last one against whoever it was, the vampires. And now we'll just yeah. chill out for a bit. We'll have a big party. And then the Dracula, not the Draculas, the, the vamp the dragons just showed up and went, nah, we're just going to wreck everything. Yeah, the Draculas. <laughs> the Count Dracula bit. Sounds like half <laughs> dragon, half vampire, half drag queen. Benjamin. In the same yeah. way that your drag name is Steely Gaze, my drag name is now Count Dragula. Oh, what a win. What a win across the board. <laughs> I, have a po- I have a poster somewhere from the early days of the podcast uh, where I made you look like a vampire. I think oh, it's, I think it's too sexy. <laughs> yeah. Too sexy to be staked, I believe, is the name of that particular preset. Wheel it out. Benjamin, I like Fox Machina, but you can really see the um, game origin of this as they set off on a quest to find the seven things of whatever yeah in in terms of in terms of in-depth plot we're getting a bog standard fantasy cookie cutter go get the things go go get the things and they will help you get rid of the bigger thing that we've already seen and oh you've been humbled there's a little bit of hubris there you thought you were the great fox machina but then some dragons came along and uh, now you have to go sort that out yeah and you've no idea what you're doing so you basically gotta find a way to start from scratch but also go get these things benjamin people have long really since the era of um video game fetching quests people have used it as a derogatory term when movies and TV shows use it. Go on. Well, I mean, if you're playing a video game and you're enjoying the combat or the exploration or the kind of non-character moments, if you're enjoying the mechanics of the game, then Mm -hmm. it's great when you're told to go get seven things in seven different places and, you know, each one will make you a tiny bit more powerful and... Like, that's a real, that's the role-playing game fantasy. That's Zelda, that's Final Fantasy, it's Dungeons and Dragons. But compelling viewing, it doesn't always make. That's true. That's true, Michael. You know... Because... <laughs> no, go on. 
You go on there. You go on. No, no, no. I'm I'm enjoying your I'm enjoying your treatise. Please continue. Well, uh, I mean, because when you're living it, when you're playing it, when you're playing as those characters, either in role playing game or in a, like a video game, you are getting the wish fulfillment fantasy of your character, your avatar, getting more and more powerful and winning battles and going to strange places and. You know, you avoid death barely and you get a new shield and your shield is stronger. But there's not as much fun in that vicariously as there is in doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a second-hand experience. Well, it can be. Because, I mean, if the if the jokes are good and the characters are good and it's worth going along on a fairly boilerplate story because the characters are cool and fun and interesting. It works. So I mm. quite like The Legend of Vox Max in the season two so far because the characters are funny and engaging and the dialogue is and good. And you care. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the the danger of it is, you know, the, the Critical Role is probably one of, one of the most successful, if not the most successful let's play that's ever come about for D D. by a long shot yeah by a long shot and i think one of the things that helps that work so well is because of the spontaneity of play the there's there's no scripting in the critical role series uh, other than what or matt mercer there? decides to script well that's interesting that's a debate for another time michael but a lot of it is characters coming up on the spot with their reactions to things and that's that's what gives you the emotional roller coaster michael that's what makes you go woohoo let's go let's see where this campaign goes and i think in turning it into a television series which by its very nature michael has to be scripted and planned out mm-hmm. you know it it might strip away some of the joy of what people experience when they watch the let's play yeah 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 potentially one one of the best jokes, Benjamin, was um, not jokes. One of the interesting moments is when they reveal that one of the characters' names is Pervon, and all of Vox Machina start laughing about getting their Pervon. Yeah, and the other characters are annoyed at them, and that's a real games master, dungeon master, and players moment, which really happened in the Let's Play. Um, oh, did it? It did. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Mercer said this guy's name is Pervon and they all started laughing at him. And it's kind of hard to recreate the magic of that without a games master, without the person who came up with that name not realising it would sound silly when spoken out loud. Yeah, it looked great on paper. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a much funnier moment um, in a Let's Play than it is in a a cartoon, in in a show. Yeah. Yeah, but I think anyway, I, I like I think, it so far. Yeah, me too. I I I was into it. I like I like the silly violence. I like I like I feel like they're very connected. I feel like they're doing a good job of slowly connecting those characters together, Michael, and me actually caring about them. I quite like it. I think it's mm. I think it moves at an interesting pace, and I think I end up caring about characters without realizing that I care. Uh, for example, I'm very worried about Grog. And his new his newfound slavery to a blood sword. I'm like, oh no, not not so be careful, bloody, Grog. not no no, Grog, don't use that. No, oh Grog, it's turning you evil. No, don't, you know, don't and, turn evil, you know, Grog, please. 
you know, I think some of that is, is really getting to me. Um, I quite like it. The dragons were terrifying, Michael. I have to say, still one of the best opening episodes for a season two I've ever seen. Great stuff. Very dramatic. Very shocking. Very dramatic. Very shocking. A real, oh, Jesus, what is this now? And they yeah, their horses uh, all for it. kicked a bit. Wiped up and down the poop deck, Michael. They were bloody bashed about. They they were hit with the proverbial custard to their race car. It was terrible. <laughs> and yon did custard spilleth upon the raceway and was their race car thrown from the... Benjamin, we've seen The Last of Us episode one. I thought it was very was... good. <laughs> Michael, I was blown away by The Last of Us episode one. I How were you? Ah, oh, Michael, I cared about those characters within the first three minutes of seeing them on screen. Now, I pr- probably preface this by saying I haven't played The Last of Us. Okay. I don't have the... the I guess the the anticipation of seeing some of my favourite characters brought to life. I really went into this. I know that there's a Joel and I know that there's an Ellie... But I don't really know any of the backstory to anything. So I just went in watching this, Michael. Good grief. Good grief. What a visceral uh, zombie apocalypse. One of the best zombie apocalypses, Ben. It, 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 the first 20 minutes or the first 25 minutes specifically up until the bad thing happens. Mm. Um, that, that setup, Benjamin, has become such a trope in modern American cinema. The Yeah the kind of very early stages of some sort of apocalyptic disaster as characters don't really pay attention to what's going on and we as the kind of not omnipresent audience but an audience with a wild, wider field of view get hints mm. and glimpses of of it and then things start degenerating and it's been done to death. I think it's a post-9, post-September 11 thing, really. I think that's, I think it was that event that put that an apocalypse is starting you better watch out um, and keep an eye on the news and on the news reports and then the escalation of events I think it was was it September 11th that put that into the American pop culture lexicon I, I think there's there's quite a bit of that hint of that in The Last of Us episode 1 Sarah's reaction to uh, a very much a zombie apocalypse but her reaction is is it terrorists? Mm. Are we safe? And mm. I think it's all because the the apocalypse breaks out in in this in this version of events in two thousand and three, which is only two years after nine uh, eleven. Yes. So, and that it's it's clearly very much on Sarah Miller's mind at that time. As it would uh, be so for I, a young teenager. I, oh, I think you'd be obsessed. I think. I think if that were happening in your country, Michael, you probably you probably would fixate it on as a young person, you know. But that uh, that scene, that particular scene of the like gradual realization that something horrible is happening, then packing the family up into the car and trying to escape, it is so American cinema these days. We've seen it done so many times. This was a particularly good one. Oh, very good. Even just last last year, we had the Quiet Place Two which had almost beat for beat the same scene in the flashback to when the aliens landed. That's true. That's true. Um, we saw it in um, we saw it in Zack Snyder's um, remake of De- Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the kind Army of gradual... Of the we saw yeah. 
no, not Army of the Dead. That was the dreadful one. That that was the one about Las Vegas. The the first one. The first one. Oh, I didn't where, see the first one. Um, oh, did you not? It's very good. One of the better ones. Oh, okay. Um, I should probably have a look at that then. We had it. One of the best. Um, one of the best uses of that trope, and probably a bit of an undercutting of it, is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. it has the exact same thing where he goes about his normal day and more and more hints build up that there's a zombie apocalypse and he doesn't notice. Brilliant stuff. It, it's it's interesting to me, Michael, I, d- despite having seen this well-worn scene many, many times, as you pointed out, I quite like, I was still quite focused on this one. It, it kept me really... I, I had to fight not to hit the... The fast forward button a few times because you know, Michael, I'm I'm an elm milksop. You know I am. A bit of a and a bit of a scaredy cat. A bit of a scaredy cat, Michael. But I resisted. I resisted, and I have to say the tension was built very well, Michael. Uh, very good. And of course, this has the big plot twist that almost none of the rest of them do. Um, go on. And it's the kind of the whole emotional core of both the game and the show. So. Cover your earballs if you haven't seen it yet. We'll give you a yeah, give an L break button. there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's probably enough, Benjamin. His daughter gets killed. Ah, straight up wiped out, Michael, by the military-industrial complex. I Ooh. thought she was the main character. It's not her. Not her at all. No, no. no. It's, it's the little girl from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Bella Ramsey. Hmm. Mm. From Game of Thrones, Benjamin. And she's, uh, yeah, she's okay, isn't she? She's all right in it. She's quite good in it, I would have thought. I, I quite enjoyed her. I, I thought it was a, a good performance all around. Or do you mean she's all right in the, in the physical sense, like she's alive? No, no, I mean, yeah, she's, yeah, both, actually. I, what did you think of the post-apocalyptic scenes? I didn't think they were as special. Um, no, I think, uh, I think... Episode one probably did itself a disservice in being so damn good at the beginning. Um, mm. It's very good. There's a creeping tension that mounts steadily. Michael, I will, for the rest of my days, never turn my back on an old person ever again. Good advice, Benjamin. Good advice to you and the listeners. Good advice to me and the listeners. Michael, the horrific Boca contortions of that old granny in the background will haunt me to the end of my days and I didn't know if it was going to kick off then Michael I didn't know if it was going to kick off then but I tell you what I did I pulled I only went and pulled a Michael Leonard and the second I saw a bloody dog Mercy having a look at the granny I went straight to doesthedogdie.com and I was like oh for fuck's sake very good resource (laughs) Benjamin yeah Gabriel Luna's in it as well. He was Ghost Rider and Crap Terminator. He was Crap Terminator and Ghost Rider. And he's he's Joel Miller's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin, my favourite character was Anna Torv. Sci-fi genre legend Anna Torv getting to do a bit more sci-fi. Yeah, it was great. She was really good. She was a very enjoyable character. She kind of she reigns old Joel in. Joel's a bit of a, a dog off a leash on occasion by, mm. by the sounds of things. And um, I tell you what, I believed every bit of the menace that uh, Joel Miller's supposed to have. I was like, well done, Pedro. I would fucking shit a brick if you were coming for me. <laughs> he has a real he's presence. Not, he's not very happy ever since his daughter died, I think is what we're supposed to believe. I, I I reckon that might be how it goes. He's a he's a bit dead inside, Michael. Um, a bit of a loose. I did unit. think. 
just to come back to what you asked, the post-apocalyptic scenes ended up being a bit more bog standard. Kind of a classic post-apocalypse regime days kind of gig. Very generic uh, Firefly freedom cult. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. And I... It's it's nothing we haven't seen before. I did think, Michael, that the special effects and the occasional jump scare, rare though they were in episode one, were very, very good. I loved uh, when Anna Torov turned around and there was one of the the infected and they just turned into a wall thing mm. to spore. I, that, that got me. I was just like, oh, Jesus fucking That was definitely Christ. the moment of the episode, wasn't it? In terms of fungusy evilness. In terms of fungusy evilness, moment of the episode. Um, actually, just to come back to that, Michael, one of the the top scenes of the entire thing, first five minutes, John Hanna, just what a monologue! You can't, you just they had me at John Hanna. Ben, I saw John Hanna's in this, and I said, right, I'm on, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm fucking in, Michael. What a great stinger to finish his monologue on. We lose, and then just like. Boom, 2003. Here we go. That's happened. I tell you what though. I tell you what though, Ben. Didn't uh, didn't didn't Pedro Pascal age very well in the 20 years between 2003 and 2023? <laughs> Fuck me, Michael. He's a good-looking 50-something year old man. I tell He's you that much. 56. It was his 50 it was his 36th birthday in 2003 so he's 56. He's either a very good-looking 56-year-old or a very rough-looking 36-year-old. I it, when he said I'm 36, I was like, no, you're not, Pedro. Don't you fucking no, you're lie not, to me. Pedro. <laughs> you're fucking, who, are you lying, who do you think you're lying to? You look like that child's grandfather. I tell you what, though, he has two fucking cannons for arms. He's given Sarah a hug there once or twice, and I was like, Jesus Christ, Pedro Python's Pascal. Fucking hell. <laughs> very good, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. Anyway, it's very good. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I might watch it as soon as we finish recording this. I think I'm going to do the exact same. I might watch it with my dinner, although I might throw up my dinner if I watch it with my dinner. So I might not watch it with my dinner, but I will be watching it after this. Benjamin, someone, yeah. someone in the last 30 years found out about the terrifying power of fungus. Uh, not fun guys, as it turns out. They're not fun guys at all, Benjamin. Real mm-hmm. bad shit. And yeah. Then, Obviously, someone heard about zombie ants a few years ago, and it just scared them absolutely shitless. And it has birthed a whole new genre of, oh, Jesus, actually, it's mushrooms. Mushrooms are what's going to get us. Yeah, the mushrooms are coming to get us. The mushrooms are definitely come to get us. Now, Benjamin, as a man who's had more than his fair share of fungal infections, and oh. as a, I have... <laughs> I do a bit of wrestling, Ben, as you well know. I know. Um, so, as a man who's had more than his fair share of fungal infections and a recovering scientist, I think it is time for us to take a look at this influx of mushroom-based terror and decide, are these things science fiction or science fact Very good. Very good, Michael. Very good. I, and then we, we could get a, someone do a theme tune for us to the tune of I Can't Get No Satisfaction, but it's Science Faction. Please. Okay. Uh, we're looking at two people there. It's either the OG Glop or uh, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. So that's, that's, yeah, someone, that's a personal call out. 
someone will, yeah, someone will do it for us. <laughs> so I tell you what, Benjamin, we put a poll up on the Instagram today. Do you want to tell us about that? We did, yeah. So we put up a poll, Michael. Michael, you're much more au fait with mushy boys than I was, and uh, more more importantly, uh, parasitic mushy boys that are going to wreck your day. But we, we put it mm. up anyway, and we, we gave people four choices, Michael, in a classic Sherlock sure listen poll. Yep. We said, what are the scariest fungus zomboys? Uh, and we had four choices. We had, number one, we had The Last of Us, the infected from The oh, Last yeah. of Us, or sometimes known as The Clickers, but that's only one version of the, the zombie boys from that. We had The Hungries from The Girl with All the Gifts, a phenomenal book, not a great movie, but we'll get into that another time, that's Michael. very interesting. Well, another um, time is today, because we're going to be talking about it now. Because second. that's what we're talking about. Another one that you had there, Michael, which I've never even heard of, is The Moulded. They look fucking awful. And those are from Resident Evil 7, I believe. They are, Benjamin. They're coming to get you. They're like, bleh. And then, Michael, you have the one that keeps me up every night as I write my next zombie novel. The bloody zombie ants that get infected with cordyceps. Fuck that. It's just awful. So, Benjamin, you've... You've been talking about cordyceps for the last couple of days because you're mad for cordyceps now. Um, uh, yep. So zombie ants are real. Here's the thing about yeah, no, zombie I know. ants, Ben. They're real. So yeah. they get a fungus in them, Ben. And the fungus gets into them and grows and eats them from the inside while still keeping their motor functions mostly alive. And then as they get close to death, forces them to find a high perch and bite onto a leaf and then sprouts out of the ant's head. They sprout their fruiting body out of the, their mushroom, as it were, out of the yeah. back of their head and then showers its spores down onto the, down onto the bloody, um, onto the nest. So the next ants can get infected by the fungal spores, Ben. And keep going. And it keeps going. And it's absolutely gross stuff. And it is a tiny leap in logic. And that is what speculative and science fiction is based on, Benjamin. A leap in logic. It's a tiny leap of logic to imagine what would happen if a fungus could do that to something more complex than a simple arthropod. Like Like a Michael or a Benjamin. A Michael or a Benjamin, for example, mentioned, I have had more fungal infections than most people. And I tell you what, none of them have ever infiltrated my central nervous system to the degree that they gained some sort of control over me. That we know of, Michael. You never talked about podcasts before you got ringworm. That is true. Maybe it's yeah. the ringworm that wants to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hold Broadcasting. On. Let me check. <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> you... Ah! Yeah, it's the ringworm, Ben. I actually don't want to do podcasting. It's my ringworm that wants to do podcasting. It wants um, to It wants to become well-known enough from podcasting that it can go to a Comic-Con and just rub off everyone else and infect them. <laughs> but here's the thing, Michael, right? Zombie Go Ants on. is the winner of our poll by a significant margin. 56%, Michael, uh, voted for the Zombie Ants. They were like, fucking hell, that is awful. <laughs> It's awful and real. The thi- <laughs> it's the thing awful is, though, and real. Yeah. Benjamin, one of, the, one of the things you learn when you're learning to be a biologist is not to anthropomorphize things, not to think of ants like people. Ants are more like singular cells within a giant organism than yeah. they are. They're so simple compared to, to uh, us. So 
although it is a terrifying concept, it's science faction. No, it's science fiction, Ben, that they could that it could happen to us. But for whatever reason, the concept of this cordyceps fungal infection spread out like a mycelium, Ben, of a bloody fungus. It spread Very out good. into the popular subconsciousness and it seems to have uh, sprouted. I was going to say spawned, but let's say sprouted for the theme yeah. that's in it. A kind of a flowering body, Benjamin, a fungus, a, fr- a mushroom of popping up with different things. So I want you to take a journey with me, Ben. Take a Let's journey with me to the, to the near future. And in the near future, okay. Benjamin, a mutated form of the cordyceps fungus has infected all of humanity, turning them into brainless zombies that attack normal humans on sight. However, okay. Benjamin... There's one young girl who, for some reason, seems immune to the worst effects of the of the fungus. And it's up to a motley team of uh, people drawn together by faith, but not faith, fate, um, to try to get... <laughs> Jesus her. will deliver us from the mushrooms. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think it's the Bible that says, Jesus will throw upon the ground the custard, upon to which the fungal spores will land. Benjamin, they get drawn together by fate and they have to get the young girl to where she needs to go to help them find a cure to the to the fungal infection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I talking about there? You could have been talking about one of two things, Michael. You could have been talking about hit 2013 video game. Yes. <laughs> the last of you us. Or of a bitch. you could have been... <laughs> Michael, for the sake of the bit, for the sake of the bit, Michael, we'll go back, we'll backtrack a little bit and I'll say, oh, you must be talking about The Last of Us, Michael. No, Benjamin, I'm talking about 2016's film, The Girl with All the Gifts. (laughs) I've been hoisted by my own pop culture petard. Hoist, Benjamin, The Girl with All the Gifts, the fungus in The Girl with All the Gifts and The Last of Us are so similar, they could very well be set in the same universe. They might just be, Michael, we don't know. We don't know. We, the the only the only difference is The Last of Us is a very American apocalypse. Yeah. Where it it everything kind of descends back into rugged individualism and you know, uh kind of a chosen one who just happens to be immune who'll lead us to freedom. Fucking manifest Whereas, destiny, you fucks. <laughs> It's the manifest destiny of mushroom infections. Whereas yeah. The Girl with All the Gifts, Benjamin, is a grim, grimy, hopeless British version. Yeah, I, look, you're not getting any hope in the British boys. <laughs> no, no hope whatsoever. It's got Paddy Considine, who's so hot right now, and your favourite and mine, Gemma Atherton. Ah, oh, Gemma Atherton. Love Gemma Atherton. We here at the podcast are Gemma Atherton stands. Gemma Atherton stands. And I'll tell you what, Ben, um, I actually prefer the world of the girl with all the gifts. I found, Go on, tell me more. I found The Last of Us's rugged individualism. Here's this tough American guy with a gun and he's going to solve the problems with gruffness and family. <laughs> I found that so much less interesting than the horrible dystopian almost fascistic military takeover world of the girl with all the gifts despite having exactly the same zombies 
that you had enough of it though, Michael. You weren't you weren't going to have any of that bloody Clint Eastwood style yeah. <laughs> apocalypse. Exactly. It's like Clint Eastwood is going to solve this apocalypse with six shooters. I do think that the girl with with all the gifts is very much the the Danny Boyle twenty eight days later version of the Last of Us, a hundred percent, right down to the grim hopelessness of that situation. And I think yeah, it's it, it has that great British hubris of oh, we thought this girl was going to deliver us, but she's actually the forerunner for a new species of human. Um, that's that's the issue here. You it know. has a touch of the original ending of I Am Legend about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've made an awful mistake, you twat, you individualist, you Kantian cunt. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. not you against the world. It's the yeah. it's you're the demon in the dark, yeah, silly yeah. silly goose. Your time yeah. is over. Now fungus people are in charge. Deal with it or else We'll go all Super Mario Brothers on you. And I thought it was quite good. I really enjoyed The Girl with All the Gifts, actually. I thought it was uh, an interesting take on the exact same plot. The exact same plot from 2013's The Last of Us by Naughty Dog Games. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think it, it's interesting. There were other ones there, Michael. We did put The Last of Us um, from... or We did put The Infected from The Last of Us onto our poll. And they're terrifying in their own way, Michael, because they come in variations. Classic video game variations, Michael. You have your yes. you have your you have your basics, and those are the the newly infected, and they're kind of a classic rage zombie model. Yes, yeah, they're coming to get then you there real you, fast. Yeah, and then you're going up an extra step, Michael, and you're, you're dealing with the clickers, and the clickers are no good. What um, the clickers are echolocating demon boys that hide out in the dark, Michael, and they they do it by sound because the the cordyceps infection that they have has taken over their body. They've grown spores out of their eye sockets and the likes. Sorry, they've grown spores, fruit. Maybe. Yeah, fruit out of their eye sockets and the like. You don't generally you don't generally call them fruit, Benjamin, when it's mushrooms. Shrooms out of their eye sockets. Is that better? No, fr- fruiting bodies. Let's say. Oh, I hate you. Fruiting bodies out of their eyeballs and their sockets and the like. And they can't see anymore, but they can't echolocate, Michael, because the urge to spread the, the fungus is still there. Um, mm. And they just keep going up in levels of, of thing. Terrifying stuff, Michael. And sometimes when enough humans come together, Michael, you get kind of a rat king effect where the spores join together and you get a mass of previously human flesh that's been fungusified. And oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, that happens in... Uh- that happens in the girl with all the gifts as well. Does it? Yeah, yeah. That's I can't how they remember make that the scene. Tower of spores. Yeah, that's how they make the tower of spores. All the, oh all yes, the yes, come yes. And they make a big tower. Yeah, it's incredible how similar they are. Of course, Benjamin, that's very much video game logic. That is very similar to Left for Dead. Yeah. Where? Yeah. I don't know if Left for Dead specifically is um, is a fungus zombie. But they, it is quite similar where the longer you've been infected, the more likely you are to become some sort of special infected. It's yeah, classic video yeah. <laughs> game logic. Yeah, it really is. Special infected is a good way of looking at it. That's yeah. the actual term um, from The Last of Us, from uh, Left 4 Dead. Benjamin, of course, Resident Evil 7 is getting on a few years as well. And that also had a black mould as the infecting agent although it didn't re it wasn't specifically cordyceps in this case um it was more of a slime mold fungus rather than a fruiting fungus 
But a classic. moulded in that, Ben, are people who've been infected by the black mycelium. The vegetative oh, no. body of, uh, mm-hmm. of the horrible fungus from that universe. And they're just as much coming to get you. Fungus, no good. So what's the, what's the deal with the moulded, Michael? Is it, a, is it a fungal propagation drive? Is it the same kind of thing? Well, it's the classic one of Resident Evil, isn't it, Ben? The bloody Umbrella Corporation have only gone and found maybe we were on the wrong track with viruses. Maybe we should have been using this evil fungus the whole time. Ah, uh, it's, a, it's a classic. Oh, this, this bad thing that we made isn't bad enough. Let's do it again. Yeah, and it's like, let's see if we can turn this black fungus that gives you immortality and lets you heal wounds and eventually takes you over and turns you into a horrible globally yolk. Let's see if we can oh, make, use this yolk. to make super... Yeah, a horrible globally yolk. Let's see if we can use this to make super soldiers. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if the virus doesn't fit, fungus probably will. It'll probably go just fine for you. But um, yeah, Michael, uh, it's too close to parasites for my liking every time. I, I don't like invisible things that can infect my body. They, they, they put me off, Michael. They put me off. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what though. Fungus isn't usually invisible. That's the fun thing about fungus. It just gets in there and it eats you and it digests. It literally eats you. It gets Ugh. into you. Your body is the substrate and the mycelium grows in your substrate and digests Ugh. you slowly. It's great stuff. And it makes chemicals, Ben. It makes chemicals. It makes antibiotics and penicillin and stuff to stop other things from eating you, which is even grosser. Yeah, it keeps us alive so that we're a better meal for it. Mm. Exactly, Benjamin. Mm. Of course, the most terrifying infestation of fungus in recent years was the infestation of the Star Trek franchise with fungus. Go on. In Star Trek's Discovery's absolutely ridiculous mycelial network. What's that? My, the, the mycelial network in Star Trek Discovery, Ben, is a vast universe covering network of fungus that... Yeah, this is how this is how the spore drive in, in Star Trek Discovery works. The entire universe is covered in fungus... And by tapping into the power of the fungus, you can teleport anywhere within the fungus network instantly. Fuck off. I won't fuck off, Benjamin, because I don't have access to the mycelial network to be able to do it. So, the, yeah, the, a logic lot of shite. Of Star Trek, the logic of Star Trek Discovery is that faster than warp travel, faster than folding the universe in on itself, the entire universe is, the entire universe, Ben, space itself is covered in invisible magic fungus. And simply by tapping into that fungus, you can go anywhere at any time. Instant. Buh. Buh. <laughs> One of the like worst fungal infections. I think I would prefer Everywhere, to take yeah. on parasites. I think I would prefer to take on parasites. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what Michael and I think are the spookiest fun guys. Let us know who you think the spookiest fun guys are. You can get in touch with us in a few different ways. You can find us on the interwebs at www.seomrabeog.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. does indeed. You can find us also on the Instagram at Sherlock Should Listen Podcast. It means you look to listen in English. It does. You can also find us, ladies and gentlemen, on Twitter if you want, at ListenSure. And we're also 
Now on TikTok, you can find us on TikTok. You can find mini videos full of our shenanigans on TikTok. What's our username on TikTok? Is that how TikTok works? Do we have a username? Yeah, we have a username as well. You can just look up Sherlock Sure Listen Podcast. We'll pop right on up, Michael. Pop right on up. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, like our Gotham Knights, <laughs> yeah, like a fungal infection. Our Gotham Knights video is in, in, inexplicably still doing gangbusters on TikTok. Oh, we're huge on <laughs> TikTok now, everybody. We're huge on TikTok now, ladies and gentlemen. You can also find our YouTube channel where, if you're not into the TikTok, you can also see mini videos from now on because we're making loads of content these days, ladies and gentlemen. Get up on there, but the best way to have live, in action, charming chat with your two favorite Irish co hosts or the two that you're stuck with is to get up on that Discord, <laughs> baby. Hop up on it like it's 1970s and you're avoiding Dastardly's custard. Yeah, for some reason you can join us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to be taking a look at the classic M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Lady in the Water. <laughs> oh, that's for some reason, isn't it? Isn't there an M. Night Shyamalan film coming out or there's, something? There's a new M. Night Shyamalan movie coming out and we are trying to understand how on earth this man still has a career. So we're taking a look at his, probably the least odd of his films, The Lady in the Water. <laughs> It's definitely it's the kind of the last one before he went completely off the wall. Yeah, off piste as it were. Um oh, and uh, that's it from us this week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye everybody. We will see you next Tuesday.